Hi everyone! Welcome to the first episode of Usa Pandemic, a podcast on mental health, coping, and personal experiences during the coronavirus pandemic. I'm Gianna, I am Usa Pandemic's host, and for the next episodes, I will be having guests on, but today I will be doing my own personal episode. So for context about me, I am a second year student taking up a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Creative Writing and a Bachelor of Science and a Bachelor of Science in Psychology. So if you were to ask me in January of 2020 how the year would go, I would not have been able to say it wouldn't be a great year because I was a freshman at college, my life was going pretty well, I had just turned 18, and yeah, things were going really good. And then March hit, and we went into lockdown, and honestly speaking, I, I, my emotional health, my mental health kind of went downhill from there. For a bit of background, I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety in 2016, I believe, and there's a lot of medical history there, and I'll tackle it if it, if it comes up, but I think that's an important thing to know about me. And another important thing is that in summer of 2019, uh, before I went into university, I had a very bad period of mental health. Uh, for five months, I was very anxious. Uh, couldn't eat. Couldn't. Uh, couldn't eat. Spent most of my time asleep because I used sleep to avoid my uh, my <laughs> emotional distress and. Uh, I was actually put on mood stabilizers because my mood swings had gone really bad. I'd have depressive episodes and then episodes where I was, wouldn't say manic, but I was pretty high on happiness. <laughs> so that's a bit of background for you. So when lockdown hit, I was very concerned for myself because, you know, the period where I had nothing really to do was the long summer of 2019. And it really, really messed with my mental health. So at the start of lockdown, honestly speaking, I was not in a very good place. My anxiety was again through the roof. I was crying a lot. I basically regressed into who I was at the peak of my depression, my my depressive state, I guess. And it was it was not fun. I feel like the reason for this was part of how I cope with my mental illness is I socialize. I distract myself from the realities of how I'm feeling, which I wouldn't say is exactly a good coping mechanism, but it works for me. <laughs> And that aspect of my life was taken away when lockdown hit. So I was pretty much alone. Left to my own devices for a few months since uh, they canceled second semester of first year, and it's pretty lost. And I have my anxiety itself is pretty high functioning, 
So when I'm not doing something, I get anxious. And if I don't have anything to do, I get more anxious. I feel like I shouldn't be not doing something. I should be doing something. I should be getting work done. Right. And one another coping mechanism I had when another coping mechanism I use to make myself feel better when I'm in a particular low is food. I've always had a very complicated relationship with food um, and it came to a point where food felt like both an enemy and a savior. I don't exactly know how to explain this but I spent a lot of my life being chubby, <laughs> being a bigger kid, and it got worse when for some reason I gained a lot of weight in a year. I doubled in weight for no one knows why. So I was put on diets that were very restrictive and it really messed up how I saw food, how I perceived food, calories, and weight. I used to eat food as a guilty pleasure and that mindset really stuck with me that food is a guilty pleasure you should be guilty for eating food and it wasn't something I had really come to terms with so when I went into very low episodes during the pandemic I would use food to cope I would eat and eat and eat and the thing is, I am still someone who's very conscious of their weight. So what I would do is I would find a way to expel that food, which if some of you would be aware, it's called binging and purging. And it worked for me for a while. And when I was at pretty good moods, I would not eat to kind of make up for eating too much on low days. Aside from having mood swings, uh, really bad depressive episodes, I would also have these really volatile relationship with food. And it really affected me. It takes a toll on yourself to kind of be negative in your head so often. Now by the time October hit, I was already in not exactly the best shape. I was in a pretty bad state already and I had found out that my dad had been let go from his job. And my dad is the breadwinner of my family so this put a lot of strain in aspects of her life because the, u the uni I'm going to is pretty expensive. My brother who's in medical school Medical school is pretty expensive, and my dad's not only supporting, you know, our education, he's supporting other needs, utilities, food, he's also supporting his parents, and it's, it's really difficult, you know, it put a large financial strain on us, so I had gotten a job to try and help out, and I was a full-time student as well as a full-time employee and that itself was also very draining for me. I'd be working from 10 to 7 and then I take a short break 
and I'd be doing schoolwork from basically 8 until 2 in the morning, doing readings, writing, homework. So, it's right after that, it's sleep, repeat. So you can already tell that it's pretty draining to do both at once. So I was I was always tired and I would turn to food to comfort me. I didn't want to bother my friends with my problems because I was always the strong friend. I always I was always a therapist friend who everyone talked to, who they'd always hit up if they needed help, advice, but no no one really comes to me just to specifically ask, "Are you okay?" And it it happens, but quite rarely. So I, though I did talk to my friends, I didn't talk to them really extensively about how I was feeling. And around December, all this pent-up stress really got to me that I, I started to cry often. I started to break down. Um, I would get panic attacks because, you know... I'm doing two things at once. I'm worried about school. I'm worried about work. Um, I'm worried about my family. And I'm worried about my friends because, you know, they're going through so much as well. And I just, I wish I could split myself up into so many, into millions of pieces just so I can give myself to everyone, to every aspect of my life. But I couldn't. And it was, it was hard for me to have to come to terms that I... I'm not as strong as I like to think I am. So I scheduled a session with my psychiatrist, who has been my psychiatrist ever since uh, I was first diagnosed in 2016. And I told her about everything I was going through. I told her... Honestly speaking, I've never truly upfront with people, not even my psychiatrist. Sure, I would tell her the need to know, but not how things made me feel. Like, I'll tell her, yeah, this is what happened to me, but not this is how it affected me. And I know you're not supposed to be doing that with your, with your psychiatrist. It's just, I never fully felt comfortable talking to one single person about everything I've been going through. Because it's, it's, I feel like, for me, it's a lot to take in, more so a person who's not even living my life. So when I knew I just couldn't take it anymore, I told her everything. I told her about how I have really bad depressive episodes. I told her how I have suicidal thoughts uh, that came through in the earlier part of the pandemic. Um, I told her about my very disordered eating and she kind of put me on a watch list for a while. Um, she told my parents to keep an eye on me. She said, you you guys have to watch your daughter because she's kind of a flight risk right now. And it was really hard for me to come to terms with I'm a lot more broken than I would admit I am. Because again, I was kind of, not really, I wasn't raised to be, but my understanding of 
myself is that I had to be the strong one. I had to be the sane one. I had to be the rock that people could lean on. And if I couldn't be that, then who would? So when when I finally got to talk about how I was really feeling, how what I was really going through, I it felt really cathartic to me because I, I really was struggling terribly. And it was nice to finally open up, especially about my eating habits. It was nice to finally be able to talk about it after having basically carrying around that eating uh, eating disorders for I think seven years my psychiatrist had recommended me activities in ways I can help uh, soothe myself self-soothe outside of taking my normal medication uh, ways I could self-soothe ways I could cope ways I could distract myself and for the biggest part Right now, with my depression and anxiety, there's no one way to cope. Um, On some days, it can be, you know, just push through all your work, you know, to get it done, to not feel anxious about having to get your work done. But on other days, it's you have to give yourself a break, watch some TV, watch, uh, read a book, listen to music. Because you're, you need rest. You need rest, and if you don't get your rest, you will feel a lot worse than you should be. <laughs> That's mostly what I've been doing to cope. Recently, I've been overwhelmed with schoolwork, so when I feel like that, I list down everything I have to do and do things methodically. Whichever is due first is what I will do first and hopefully get everything done within a week. But if not that, you know, I really just have to cram and zoom through all of my work. When you're starting to feel a little exasperated, you, you take a break. Watch an episode of Modern Family. And then get back to work. Which does sound difficult, especially for me, because once I've lost focus on a task, I've lost focus on a task. But it gets the job done. And it stresses me out a little bit less than just doing tasks all at once. And, you know, sometimes it helps to know that there are other people who are willing to help you. I have friends who share notes. I have friends who help out and say, Oh, uh, here I can read your story and give you comments about it before you post it. Just in case, you know, you want to make some revisions before you submit, which is really nice of them. I have friends who make it known that I can talk to them. They message me every once in a while saying, Hey, you want to talk? Are you okay? Which is very new to me because if I had this a year ago during my long summer, I would not have felt as bad as I did. But I do appreciate that these friends have come in when they did. And also, I have friends who invite me to play video games, which is a new form of coping that I have discovered. Uh, I only started playing video games January this year, and it's been a really big help <laughs> in de-stressing. And I really appreciate uh, the friends who queue with me when I play Valorant or when I play uh, MOBA. It's really nice of them. So that's kind of how I've been coping with the stress of school, the stress of other goings-on in my life. And for my eating, which 
you know, had gotten worse again during lockdown, I realized that it's not important to look at how much you're eating, but more of listening to yourself. Are you eating what you want to be eating? Are you eating what you should be eating? You know, um, it's more of I'm not looking at calories. I'm looking at do I want to eat this? Is it nutritious? Is it good for me? Because at one point, you have to realize that the first step in fixing, an, or my first step in fixing my eating disorder is to build a better relationship with food. And that's what I'm still working on right now. It's a very long road. It's a habit I have to unlearn. You know, it's seven years of learning that I have to unlearn for myself. And it is, it is daunting. It is very stressful having to step out of my comfort zone like that. And sometimes there are days where I still don't want to eat or where I want to eat too much. But they come a little less and less the more I take care of myself. And right now, admittedly, I'm not exactly better. I'm still the stressed out person I was when I started out. Uh, when this pandemic started out but I think I'm making it easier on myself I think that I'm getting better at taking care of myself and prioritizing myself a lot more and I think I'm getting a little better at helping myself rather than wishing someone were to help me I think that's that's something that we all have to learn Especially in this pandemic where a lot of people are pretty isolated. We kind of have to learn to take care of ourselves. But to also have a support system that is willing to care for you when you can't do it yourself. Don't, don't be afraid of letting people take care of you. Because sometimes people taking care of you is what you need to be able to take care of yourself. And I hope that makes sense. I know that this podcast episode seems like it's a lot to take in. And to be fair, it's a year of my ups and downs kind of collated into 30 minutes. But if I learn one thing in bettering myself, it's that to never push yourself too hard and to not break yourself into too many pieces for everyone else. You don't have to be the strong one. You don't have to be the sane one. You don't have to be anyone's rock you're you're allowed to feel what you're feeling and you're allowed to break every once in a while but the goal is to not push yourself to the breaking point i think my last words for today's listeners is that you have to take care of yourself in whatever way you know works for you in whatever healthy way works for you and don't be afraid to ask for help and You have to be able to take care of yourself before you take care of others. That's the biggest lesson I've learned from this pandemic. Remember that prioritizing yourself does not mean being selfish. It just means that you want to be better for yourself so you can be better for other people. This has been the first episode of Usa Pandemic. I hope to see everyone in the next. Thank you so much for listening.